The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to SMS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the strategies, tactics, and tools you need to implement a successful SMS marketing strategy. With us today is Brian Long, who is the co-founder and CEO of Attentive, which is a personalized text messaging platform for innovative brands and organizations that can quickly become a top three revenue channel. Using real-time behavioral data, Attentive automatically sends engaging text messages to each subscriber at every step of the customer lifecycle. Over 2,000 leading businesses like Urban Outfitter, Steve Madden, and thousands of Shopify stores like Pura Vida rely on Attentive to see strong performance like 30% plus click-through rates and 25x ROI. And they are also kind enough to be a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. All right, here's the first installment of SMS Marketing Week, where Brian and I discuss the importance of SMS personalization. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Brian Long, co-founder and CEO of Attentive. Brian, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Benjamin, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Excited to have you as a guest and excited you and the team at Attentive being a supporter and a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So let me start off by just saying thank you not only for your time, but your support. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure to do it. And we're very excited to be on the show today. This will be a lot of fun. I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about SMS marketing. Truthfully, something that as you know, an SMB a media business, I don't have a lot of experience with the channel. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about. Let's start off at the beginning and talk about SMS as a communication channel. Talk to me about why SMS is so powerful and a little of the keys to making SMS work. SMS as a channel has just changed dramatically in the last five years. And it's just something that lives on your device. Everyone has access to it. Everyone understands it. So I think you're able to really cut through the clutter and reach people in a very personal and two-way connection. I feel like there's a beauty and an incredible challenge with the SMS as a marketing channel where sometimes I'll get a text message from a brand or I'll be able to actually communicate with the brand. And I just think it's a seamless experience. I, I worked at a laundry and dry cleaning delivery startup called Rinse, and we would send messages to people on a regular cadence, and all they had to do is press the letter Y, and we'd be at their door that evening ready to pick up their dry cleaning. To me, it felt like a great way to communicate with our customers. 
On the flip side, there's the like political ad type marketing where, you know, hey, I'm from this person's campaign and are you interested in voting for this type of person? We're just doing a survey where I'm not opting in. And that is the creepiest, most annoying, how did you get my number type of marketing? The thing that really pisses people off. So talk to me about the right way to not only make sure that your messages are going to be well received, but they're also personalized so they don't just feel like batch and blast. I think you really nail it. A, there are messages we like to get, but also B, there's a lot that we don't. And I think the first thing is making sure that the messages that you receive are ones you want to receive. We only send messages in which the consumer has given express written consent and opted in. Those are the rules that apply for most businesses. Now, there are some interesting carve-outs in politics, which is why you get those political messages, because you don't have to have the same amount, I believe, of expressive opt-in. But for us, it's only cases when you raise your hand. So the first thing I'd say is you should only send messages to people that truly opt in. So in similar to email marketing, I think something that most people are more familiar with, right? You have to collect the opt-in. You have to have some sort of a relationship with the customer, capture some information about them before you could start sending your messaging. Talk to me about the personalization part. Why is personalization so important in SMS marketing? First, I'd say it's a little different than email. You're certainly right that people need opt-in for email, but you know, there's can't spam. But I get a lot of email I didn't opt into. And I think it's because there's not really a lot of threat or penalty for sending messages to people that didn't opt in on email. With text, there is. You really should only send messages to people that opted in. I think that's the first piece. Secondly, you're right. Personalization is a huge, huge piece of it. We want to get messages that are relevant to us. It's a much more personal channel, right? You're accustomed to using SMS for talking to your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers, and now brands. And while almost 90% of people want to hear from brands, they want to get messages relevant to them. And that's great, but it's also hard to deliver. Personalization is hard. So we're doing things like, for instance, based on your browsing activity, we work with a lot of e-commerce brands. So based on what you've looked at before, we're going to send you a message based on that information. People are shopping more than ever before on their mobile phones. So there's a lot of information on what you might be interested in. And we can send you messages. Hey, you abandoned card. Hey, you abandoned this other thing. Hey, this is something you might like. Those types of messages, I think, are kind of a first layer of personalization that we're doing today. It seems like there's a disruptive part of SMS that is core to the experience where you're not only have the ability to deliver a message based on a trigger, but you're also trying to grab somebody's attention in real time. I'm, I'm buzzing their pocket. I'm having the phone, you know, ding, something that needs more of an immediate response. When you're thinking about personalization based on some of the triggers that you're creating, where should you draw the line? Hey, you abandoned a cart. Is that something I need an SMS for right now? How do you figure out the line of what's going to irritate the user and what's going to be value additive? We get some response there from the consumer to figure out when it's the right time to send a message, right? So we get information like, are they clicking on messages? Even worse, are, are people opting out? So if they're opting out, then that's not a message that we want to send anymore. And from our standpoint, we use technology to make sure that we never send too many messages to an individual consumer. So we suppress message sending and we can say, hey, we only want to send this person two messages in a trailing seven-day period. The other thing with text that's a bit different is time of day messaging, right? 
you probably get a lot of email marketing first thing in the morning. And that's because the various folks on the email side, they know that when you wake up in the morning, you might go and you might check your email and they want to be at the top of that inbox. With text, it's a bit different. We actually might, you know, a lot of messages, I think it's something like 95% are checked within five minutes of when they're sent. So with text, there's an incredible immediacy. But you can also really annoy people if you send them a text message that wakes them up at two in the morning or six in the morning or whatever it is. So we also have to be mindful not to send messages outside of sort of standard awake time. Let's just call it 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. or something like that. We don't want to send messages when people might be asleep. I've said this before on the podcast. A lot of marketing is right person, right place, right time. Very similar to dating. The right time component with SMS marketing really seems like it's critical because of how disruptive the medium can be. Going back to some of the triggers that you have, you mentioned there are web triggers. Somebody has an interaction with the website. What are some of the other common triggers that you see outside of the messaging that help you personalize the experience? So I think that when someone joins your SMS program, it's kind of like joining a loyalty program. You should be having a really great initial experience with the brand. So we recommend setting up welcome flows where the brand can send different messages to help learn about the actual content, the product, all those sorts of things, tutorials, videos, welcoming type of messages. And you can layer segmentation into those based on whether or not someone has purchased from you before and, and you know how much they purchased and stuff like that. So that's a first bucket that I think almost every brand should use. You mentioned around card abandonment. I think there's a mix of different abandonment messages. So card abandonment, browse abandonment based on a user's browsing behavior. And then third, I think something that people don't do nearly enough of is post-purchase messages. You know, initially the mindset sometimes is, oh, you know, someone just bought something. So they bought what they wanted to buy and that consumer has been reached. So I don't want to spend more money reaching them again. And, and if I do, I'm going to wait. But we found that the most likely time for the consumer to buy something is within 24 hours of their last purchase. So there's a couple of different things at play. There's the feeling like, oh, they just remember they wanted to buy something else. There's a certain joy in buying that they want to experience again. So I think that sending a message 24, 48 hours within a purchase is really powerful. And then following that up even a week later with, you know, how did you like your purchase, getting feedback and maybe an opportunity to get something else if they are happy with it. So I think those post-purchase messages can be extremely powerful too. So talk to me a little bit more about the segmentation that you mentioned to help fire off those triggers. How are you using Attentive or how are other brands using similar tools to not only understand what somebody has done on their website, but which marketing segment they live in? Segmentation is extremely important to personalizing messages. I would break out segmentation into kind of three basic criteria. One is segmentation based on browsing behavior. So did you look at a certain type of product? Two, I would segment based on purchase behavior. Are you someone who has bought before? And if so, how often do you purchase? That's a, a very important thing. And for most brands, 5 to 10% of the audience makes up over half of the revenue. So reaching that audience that's making up more than half the revenue, that's a sliver of it, is very important. And then third is using location whether that's time zone-based targeting or really being able to get more granular and reach the styles and needs of a particular area has a tremendous impact for different types of businesses. So those are three kind of segments that we see as most popular. Now, you mentioned location. 
does that mean that you're able to get the signal of where the person is because you've got some sort of tracking or some sort of notification set on their phone? How do you actually use location? How do you figure out where someone is? So what we get is the IP address every time that they interact with one of our links or at the time of sign up. And we translate that IP address into their longitude and latitude, which is going to get us typically within a DMA and maybe a little tighter than that. You know, we're not going to know your street address like Google might, but we could be smart enough to know what is your local weather, what is your time zone. You know, if you have stores near you, which addresses might we direct you to, trends in your area, events in your area. There's a lot that you can extrapolate from that information. Understanding the DMA and the general region that someone is in is interesting. I think that there's a use case for SMS where you're discovering whether someone is geofenced near a store. I know that Apple does this. You walk by the Apple store and your phone buzzes and says, hey, come on in. We have a sale on iPhones. Ironically, that message is delivered on an iPhone. So why would I go into the store if I already have one? Yeah, but yeah. Is that a case that people are using? Is the geofencing related to location something that's actually a, a useful feature? I think that geofencing around the sole rule of are you near one of those stores, I imagine a world where a lot of companies are doing that and it would be pretty annoying for the consumer because as you're driving down the highway or you're driving around an area or whatever, your phone would just be buzzing as you walk by every single store. God forbid you live next door to an Apple store. <laughs> yeah, actually I do not, but... I think that there is value at combining that sort of data along with additional intent-based data from the consumer. You know, as this SMS provider and having our tag live on the sites for all the different businesses we work with, we do get some of that data if they're actively shopping, right? But if they're just passive on their phone, we're not getting that location data in the background. There are technologies that we also offer, things like mobile wallet, where we get that background information. But in that instance, they have to install it locally on their phone to get that information. Overall, the use case for that has been a little less important through COVID since people clearly weren't shopping in stores. But I think that you'll, when you see them return, that'll pop up more. Last question I have for you today, and I think this is probably one of the biggest questions that marketers have who are not super versed in SMS marketing. Look, you can do personalization. You have these higher delivery rates. The engagement is great with SMS marketing. How do I figure out when I should be using the marketing automation rules, the triggers that I have at my disposal to figure out what I should be sending in some sort of a passive capacity, you know, email marketing and what is right for SMS? How do you blend those two channels together? I think email and SMS are very different channels. I think that SMS is inherently a very personal, interactive, express written consent, opt-in not as frequent messaged channel. Whereas within email, people have very large lists that they send to every day or several times a day. And the consumer response rate is probably one-tenth of what it is in terms of click-through rate. The engagement is one-tenth of what it is in SMS. So I think they're very different channels to program. And I certainly wouldn't send the same message over both because I think that can also lead to a, a negative consumer experience. Within the SMS side, if it's your first time using SMS, which it is for the vast majority of our customers, I recommend checking out a website we've put together called textwelove.com, textwelove.com, that provides a lot of resources on how different brands are using text and could help you understand what they've done. And then the second thing I'd say is that 
It's all about testing. We will give you a lot of best practices and hopefully help you skip the common issues and the common pitfalls that brands run into and kind of skip to the finish line and take a victory lap as fast as you can. But I think that you also will have to do your own testing as a brand. So we've built A-B testing into everything we do, campaign messages, triggered messages, different types of sign-up units. And really, I think that that test and repeat is the way to find those incremental gains every month that compound over the course of the year. There's a lot of power in SMS marketing. It's in front of your users. It's got incredibly high engagement rates. It's also something you need to use the right way. With more power comes more responsibility in the words of, what is it, Spider-Man's grandfather, I think it was. I believe it was his uncle. Uncle. Well, I think it was Uncle Ben, wasn't it? It was Uncle Ben, I believe, yeah. I like him already. Anyway, back to SMS marketing. Very powerful. Something that you need to understand not only the best practices, but also what the user experience is. So we're going to dig more into that the rest of this week, talking about growing your SMS list, the right messaging also building in interactive models. So much more to look forward to in my conversation with Brian. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brian Long, co-founder and CEO of Attentive. If you'd like to hear more of Brian and Attentive's tips for driving SMS marketing success, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Brian and I talk about how to scale your SMS list. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brian, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is Attentive Mobile, A-T-T-E-N-T-I-V-E-M-O-B-I-L-E. Or you could visit his company's website, which is also attentivemobile.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.